0: Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. Thank you for streaming this message. I believe this message will encourage you, it will inspire you, it'll help you live the supernatural lifestyle of faith. We want you to live this supernatural lifestyle of faith, not have supernatural moments, but have it as a lifestyle. So we put all of this content out for you to receive so you can grow and live the life that Jesus made available for you. To find more information about our ministry and our resources, you can visit us at FCCGA.com or you can download our Faith Plus app. Our Faith Plus app has thousands of hours of faith-building content and it's available in your app store right now. Open your heart. God's gonna share something special to you through this message. We said three things that we've seen from our study brings forth divine intervention into the lives of political figures and their administrations. We say that number one, prayer brings forth divine intervention to the lives of political figures and administrations. We see covenant, brings forth divine intervention into the lives of political figures and their administrations. And we all see spiritual laws bring forth divine intervention to the lives of, spirit, of political figures and their administrations, especially the law of sea, time, and harvest. Last week, we looked at how God selected anointed King Saul, King David, and King Solomon. And so God's selecting and anointing that person. He's empowering them to be king. And tonight I want to tackle the thought process that we've adopted in some parts of the body of Christ, that a leader has to be the leader that we choose for God to anoint, or to have great leadership qualities for God to anoint them, because that's not always biblically the case. If a person is full of love, full of faith, and abides by the word of God and wants to see the best for the people that they oversee, that is the best case scenario. But that's not always the case. And I want to show you tonight first kings chapter 19 and i just really have the sense what we're covering in this series even if we wrap up tonight or wrap up next week is preparing us for things to come to make sure we look at some upcoming events with a biblical world lens so that we're not caught off guard with some of the things that are coming i think that's the best way to say it for right now to have more utterance on the topic first kings chapter 19. Verse, Kings 19. Verse 15, notice what the Lord says to Elijah, the prophet. Then the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Saphat of abel You shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Not the most inspiring text to start off with tonight, right? And so we know Elisha operated in double the anointing of Elijah. And Elisha was a righteous man, a holy man, a mighty man of God. A man of God who did twice as many miracles as Elijah. We know he was faithful and serving under Elijah. And we know he operated in the anointing. He had double on his life. So this is a great man of God, a holy man of God, a righteous man of God. But Jehu and Hazael were anything but. These were very wicked men. In fact, when one of them was anointed, because Haziel being anointed as king and Jehu being anointed as king happened under the ministry of Elisha. When they were anointed as king, there was one in particular that Elisha did not even go himself. He sent one of the young men he was training. And he says, you go anoint him, you speak this to him, and then you run. And so he goes, he speaks, and then he flees. This prophet was in such a dangerous situation. He said, don't you even stay with him a moment longer. You say what God gives you to say, you anoint him, and then you tail it out of there. Now, one of the things we see, because Hazel was not, let say, the son of the next king. He wasn't. Jehu wasn't just the son of the next king. These were men that God anointed. And I want you to know something tonight. I want you to put it down in your prayer journal, put it down in your study notes. I want you to emphasize this to you. That when God anoints the wicked to rule, it is a sign of judgment. I'll say it again. When God anoints the wicked to rule, it is a sign of judgment. One more time. When God anoints the wicked to rule, it is a sign of judgment judgment and that's exactly what happened judgment jehu and Haziel brought forth judgment specifically to ahab's administration and his son's administration and his family line and the things that remain from when ahab was king because by this point by the time they take over ahab is dead his son reigns and Jezebel's still alive judgment came, okay. and i need you to see this tonight not saying what's gonna happen tomorrow or next week just so when things come fully down the pipe you understand that god will anoint the wicked and when he does it is a sign of judgment go ahead and put in the chat say a sign of judgment go ahead put in the chat say a sign of judgment go to jeremiah 27 verse 6 Jeremiah 27, verse 6. Jeremiah 29, verse 6. Notice what the prophet says about a very famous king that we know all from history. Jeremiah 27, verse 6. And now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. And the beasts of the field, I have also given him to serve him. Now, did you notice what the prophet said here? He called Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor of Babylon, the king of Babylon, a wicked man, a heathen man. Not from one of the tribes of promise. He called Nebuchadnezzar his servant. And he said, I even gave the animals to him, and the animals were serving. God gave Nebuchadnezzar, yes, he anointed him to be king, but he gave him authority over that area, especially the Mediterranean area of the known world, that, to serve him. And then another point in Jeremiah earlier, and throughout the times so we stumbled talking about, Jer- uh, about Nebuchadnezzar, God goes on and says, and if they don't serve Nebuchadnezzar, I will punish them. Let that sink in. This is a wicked, heathen man. When we read the book of Daniel, we see that Nebuchadnezzar wasn't always that stable. We've seen his, how full of himself he was. The path that he made a statue of himself, wanted people to bow and worship him, and worship the statue when the beat dropped. We see how his rage when it comes to certain the fiery furnace. We see all these things. And yet God said, He's my servant. When God anoints the wicked, it is a sign of judgment. It's getting more encouraging in a moment, but I need to drive home this point first. Now I go to Isaiah 44, verse 28. Isaiah 44, verse 28. Isaiah, chapter 44, verse 28. I want you to see something here as well. Isaiah, chapter 44, verse 28. We're going to look at the end of chapter 44 here and the first part of chapter 45. Who says of Cyrus... He is my shepherd and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built and to the temple, your foundation shall be laid. Chapter 45, verse one. Thus says the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus. Cyrus is not from Judah. He's not from Israel. He's a rising king, a rising emperor of a land that does not serve God, yet God calls Cyrus his anointed. Notice what else he says about Cyrus, whose right hand I have held. Why? To subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight, I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, my elect, I have called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. There's no God besides me. I will gird you, though you have not known me. Notice how many times it says in that one passage, you don't know me, but I've anointed you. I'm going to give all these things to you, and I'm the one who clothes you. Now, you had to think, man, that passage is impactful, especially what we're looking at tonight. But let's add another layer to it. Isaiah lived 100 years before Cyrus. Isaiah wasn't Cyrus' contemporary. It's not like some of these prophets who were Cyrus' contemporary. Isaiah lived 100 years before Cyrus. And this is what God said about him. God named him. Cyrus wasn't here yet. And God is telling of a king named Cyrus who would come. And God says, he is my anointed and I will use him. I will use him to shepherd my people. I'll use him to rebuild Jerusalem. But Cyrus wasn't a believer. Now from this verse, it looks like he became one in the process of time, but not when God started with him, not when God first anointed him. He said, I've taken you by the hand to subdue kingdoms before you and open the gates of cities, which otherwise would have been shut. Go with me to Ezra chapter one. Now let's see what this anointed Cyrus got done. Ezra chapter 1, starting with verse 1. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and also put it into writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me. And he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is among you of all his people. May his God be with them and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. And whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his place help him with silver and gold with goods and livestock. Besides the freewill offerings for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Then the heads of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin, the priests and the Levites with all whose spirits God had moved arose up to go arose to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. Notice it. Notice it. Notice this. This guy was anointed before he even knew God. And notice what God used him to do. God used him to restore. Jerusalem, to restore the temple, to give back what Jerusalem lost. And then on top of giving back everything that Nebuchadnezzar took, because he took a lot out of that temple. said, so not just giving everything back, he raised an offering and he sent the people back. God knows how to use wicked rulers to accomplish his purpose and be a blessing to his people. And so when you see things coming up, I'm not necessarily saying things happening this year, but things coming in this nation and in other nations soon, you can't, and I know this phrase is going to sound kind of bonkers, but you can't trust what you see. You can't trust everything you see in the news because everything won't be how it appears. You're going to have to take things to your place of prayer. You're going to have to take things to your place of prayer. And say, God, this is what they are saying on the news. This is what this leader said on social media. This is what this leader said from this place or this place from the Congress and the White House, of this is what they said. God, what am I to do about it? How am I to think about it? How am I to process it? And while I process it, I lift this person to you. I pray that they yield to your will. Because something that was in common from Nebuchadnezzar to Cyrus was a praying man. Go to Daniel chapter one, verse 21. Daniel chapter one, verse 21. Daniel chapter one, verse 21. So we know that Daniel and his friends were taken to Babylon as teenagers, roughly by the time kids would be sophomores in high school. They were taken to Jerusalem Uh, From Jerusalem to Babylon, they're part of the royal seed or those of nobility. And when they're there, they go through this time of testing and Daniel, his friends, turn out to be the best and the greatest out of all of them. And notice what it says about Daniel's tenure, his lasting influence. Thus, Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. Daniel started during Nebuchadnezzar's reign and continued working into the reign of Cyrus. He was still alive after that. But he had government influential positions through many administrations. And although Nebuchadnezzar was king at one point and Cyrus king at another point and all the ones in between, the person who had the most lasting influence was Daniel. And he was a man And as he prayed, angelic beings were released to war over those areas to where the demonic princes over Persia and Greece and et cetera were held in check because Daniel prayed. Yes, when God anoints the wicked, it is a sign for judgment. It is a sign of impending judgment. But when there are anointed people who love God, who serve God, who come before him in prayer, everything turns out the way it should. So your faith and your hope cannot be on who's in office. Your faith and hope can't be what goes on in Congress. Your faith and hope can't be what goes on in the Supreme Court. Your faith and hope must be in God and His Word, believing that His plan will come to pass. And so I'm calling the people of God to pray for the leaders no matter what, no matter if they do something crazy, no matter if they say something crazy. You know, I've taken tweets at the throne of God. I'm like, God, look what they tweeted. Did you Did you see what they said? You got to take it to him because Cyrus turned out to be a great blessing to the people of God. And Nebuchadnezzar, when he was put in check a few times, some by God himself turned out to do the things he needed to do. But these things happen as the people of God pray. Do not let tweets, media reports, and the things that happen in this land in the coming days make you prayerless. As Samuel told the people of God before he anointed Saul, he said, I will not sin by not praying for you. Do not let what you see on the news, do not let what you see come out of Washington, D.C., Make you prayerless. Make, cause it to cause you to become a more intensive prayer. That you go to bat in prayer for these things. For there are many things in play right now. Many things in play. And we must pray. We must. I'll share with you a couple years ago, 2020. I think it was August. I was walking around my neighborhood praying. And the Lord said this phrase to me I was praying over the upcoming election. And he says, the election is not the biggest thing in the spirit realm right now. And I, I, I didn't follow up the question. Well, what is the biggest? Cause in our minds, this election is big. It's big and you know, all the stuff going on in the nation this year. And this election is huge. And the third God told me that's not the biggest thing going on. right now. As I've said in the series. We can't become so obsessed with political events that we miss what God is doing. Yes, political events, administrations, their decisions, their policies, what they do, what they don't do, what they say, what they don't say, and et cetera, is important and it's worthy of our attention. But we can't become so obsessed with it that we become unbalanced. We can't become so obsessed with it where our faith and our hope rest in political parties and political candidates. One thing will save America. It's not an election. It's an awakening to God. So we can't, as the psalm says, put our trust and our hope in princes and in chariots. We put our trust and our hope in God, his word and his name. Yes, we pray. Yes, we get involved with political things. Yes, we vote. Yes, we run for office. Yes, we write policies. Yes, we exert the influence God has given us. But one of the things I want you to see is that the plan of God will still come to pass. Even if someone you wouldn't choose or vote for is in office. But notice if people get into office who don't serve God, who are wicked, and God even ends up anointing them. You'll see that God will put people around them to influence their decisions. God raises up Joseph's, so like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. He raises up Daniel's. He raises up Esther's. He raises up Nehemiah's. He raises up people, puts them in the exact position of influence to get the job done. Now, something that I want you to know when it concerns God raising up the right people for the right time to do the right things, they are raised up because people pray. Now, if you understand prayer, prayer doesn't, say it this way, when you pray, We're too busy reacting to things in prayer. We're too busy trying to play catch-up in prayer and reacting to situations when we should be dealing with things before they happen. We should be getting answers before they happen. Isaiah was prophesying by the Spirit of God a hundred years before Cyrus showed up. And when the 70 years were fulfilled, according to the word of Jeremiah, Daniel saw that the timing was right, but nothing happened. He took the word of God to prayer. And the result of the prophetic word spoken by Jeremiah and the prayers of Daniel brought forth a movement upon Cyrus to that he fulfilled the word of God. We can't just react in prayer. Yes, it's fine to react in prayer, but that can't be the full totality of our prayer life. We have to yield to the spirit of God enough where we're going out dealing with future things before they happen. Making paths straight, lifting up low places, tearing down high places in prayer before the situation ever shows up. And so, yes, we do have some smaller election going on in November. And yes, we're going to pray about those. Yes, we see the vacancy in the speaker's position. And yes, that is something that needs to be prayed about. But we should already be praying. Yes, for 2024 but we should get so far advanced in prayer that we're already dealing with 2024, 2028, 2032. Because there's somebody who's responsible for praying and raising a future president who may be in elementary school right now. Do you wanna tell me that God doesn't want someone praying for them so that they grow up in the things of God and that they're ready when it's time for them to come in office? You think God just wants people to pray for a president once they finally step into office? No, 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 no. We can't just react and pray. You might say, well, pastor, I don't know these people's names. I don't know who's going to run in 2028 or 2032. I got some guesses, but I don't know. You don't have to know their names. What you need to know is to yield to the spirit of God in prayer. And when your understanding is spent in this arena, you pray in the Holy Ghost. You take time and pray in the Holy Ghost. There are a number of political officials that I pray for. Yes, with my understanding. And yes, with my natural understanding, what I know to pray for. But there's some things, after I've done that, I pray for them in the spirit. One of the things you have to understand when we pray for political officials and political figures, some of them may love God, some of them may be serving God. But when it comes to certain matters in the spirit realm, they have no idea. And when people step into political offices, I want you to hear me on this, especially high-up offices they run into high ranking principalities and powers and demonic influences that come against them every single day and what makes space between them and the assault of hell is the intercession of the saints and if the saints don't pray and intercede hell has its way but if the saints of god pray the will of god comes to pass the future before us, we'll say it this way as I begin to wrap up. The plan of God is going to come to pass. What God says is going to happen. How much you experience of the goodness and blessing of it is not really up to God. It's up to you applying the principles of his Word. And one of those principles is prayer. Intercessory prayer. Supplications. Intercessions. Giving of thanks be made for over all men, for kings, and for all who are in authority, that we might live a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. And so if things are quiet and peaceable, it's not just on the heads of the political leaders. It also falls on the hands of the church. We must be people of prayer. And one of the things that faith We have prayer times and we're increasing our times of prayer. We will be people of prayer here at Faith Christian Center and all those connected to us in Faith Christian Center, Faith Plus, and Faith Christian School and everything under our influence. We will be people of prayer. And one of the things we do at least once a year, sometimes more times a year, we have times of prayer and fasting. And so from November 1st to November 21st, I encourage you to join us for this time of prayer and fasting as we pray out things and get ready for the coming year. One of the reasons we do it before the year is over, focus on the next year, is so we're not playing catch up. It's great to start your year in prayer, and we will do that. We'll join in with Word of Faith's plans for their 30 days of prayer, and we part of what Bishop's doing that in January. That's good to start your year in prayer, but what I want for you is not trying to play catch up. That Okay, now it's January 30th, and you finally know what God wants you to do for the year. Well, you've missed out on 30 days, but I want you to get ready ahead of time because the ministry of the Holy Ghost it's to show you things to come. He wants to guide you. He wants to prepare you. And as he guides you and prepares you, he wants you to help others with the supply of the spirit that you get through prayer. We must be praying people. There are some things that can only be handled in the deeper realms of prayer by partnering with the Holy Ghost and praying out things and dealing with things in the spirit. That's how things get done. Yes, there's a natural part to it. Yes, there are natural things that must be handled. But spiritual things exert great influence over this natural world. The spirit world created this world and maintains its influence over this world. And so if we want to have the maximum influence over this realm, we must step over into the realm of the spirit by prayer and by walking in the spirit you can walk and exert influence in the spirit realm and not be kooky and not be spooky you just do it by walking in partnership with God you can be heavenly minded and earthly good at the same time it doesn't have to be one or the other but I encourage you to be people of prayer whether your time of intercessory prayers in the morning or at night make sure you take time to pray for people besides just yourself, besides just your family, pray for your leaders, pray for your mayors, your city councilmen and women, pray for your congressmen, your congresswomen, pray for elected and appointed officials, pray for health department officials, pray for the school board, pray for governors, pray for federal officials. They need your prayers. There are things coming that hinge on the prayers of the church how much or how less things are coming is handled by prayer because there's some things that are coming you can't stop you can lessen the impact by prayer and you live it right make sure it doesn't affect you you see it coming but you're immune from the effects and how much it impacts can be handled by supernatural prayer so of some things we can stop completely. Some things we can lessen the impact. Or some things we can start. And some things we can end. But that comes from being people of prayer. And just a word of wisdom when it concerns praying. There are times you get crossed over the spirit and you know things about people and situations. That doesn't mean you tell somebody else. Especially don't post it online. Doesn't mean you go to that person. This is what God told me about you in prayer. No, you only share it with them. And God tells you to share. What you do with that is you write it down, you put it into your prayer journal, and you keep that before God. You don't share God's secrets. If God tells you a secret, you keep it between you and Him until He tells you to do otherwise. And if you might say, Well, I don't know what to do with it, Pastor. That's why you have a pastor. Come sit down, let's talk. We'll help you process these different things. Because when you cross over and live, crossed over October, a couple Sundays ago, you'll be able to reach maximum influence and be the light that we need you to be in 2024. There are things coming, and I'm gonna do my best by the anointing of God to get you ready. Our time has come. Great good things are going to happen with us and where the church of Lord Jesus Christ is concerned, but we must be ready. We must step into our place. I'm gonna unplug here. Let's pray. Father, my Father, our Father, I thank you. I thank you because you are good and your mercy endures forever. You are a wonderful planner. Oh, what a planner, oh, what a plan. Now, my Father, as we step into the days to come, we thank you for preparing us. Help us to be prepared. Help us to yield to your spirit. Help us to walk in the things of the spirit and not be distracted by the distractions or the things in the world. Help us to become people of prayer and giving ourselves to prayer. Help us to finish this year strong and enter into the next year stronger so that we can be the light and steps into these places of influence and power that you prepared for us. Yeah, before the foundations of the world. Places, spots, places in prayer, places in the spirit, but places in the natural, places in rooms of influence, being in the room where it happens. For it is our time to step into those things. Help us step into those things. So we can step into those places wholly. Wholly set apart, but also wholly given over to the plan of God, to the things of God. So that we step in, yielded to you. So compromise doesn't rule us when we get to the top. But when we get to the top, we're completely submitted and yielded to you. And you can work through us to bring forth your influence, your light, your grace, your mercy, your power, your love, your hope, your faith to all those you've called us to influence. There's so much to be said, so Father, I ask to to grant us utterance. That's what we need, utterance, utterance, utterance of the Spirit. Whether it's through the teaching and the preaching or the utterance of gifts or the utterance in prayer, grant us the utterance so we can step into these things. So much more to say, so much more to do, so many things that we're just beginning to grasp and understand. And we're just touching on it essence and we're just touching on it help us cross over and get more of it in jesus name amen and so be it my father my father there's so many things so many things so many things good things timely things weighty things so we must prepare and i trust god for utterance whether it's through faith in the morning, the emails, midweek experiences on Sundays, he gives us the utterance. This shows what to do. And we'll go forward in faith. And everything will be all right. For all those who walk in love and walk in faith, everything shall be all right. God will make everything right where it concerns those who walk by faith and walk in love. Amen. So remember, be people of prayer. And then I'm going to add my own prayer request. And pray for me. Pray that I have utterance. One of the things I realized after one of the meetings today, I was talking to the First Lady about it, and to one of these positions of influence that I'm stepping into, that I just realized it's granted me a whole other level of influence in another area that I wasn't even considering that influence in. And the First Lady said, well, that's what you always say. You say you have influence here, and now you have it. And so we're stepping into some things. And so I'll share more about it, what we're going to do collectively, individually, collectively. But I do ask for me and pray that I have utterance and wisdom as I step into these things to be the light God has called me to be and lead this congregation to where we're influencing the communities and the counties around us, the metro area and the state and all the places God would have us to go. Amen. Thank you for streaming this message. I believe it encourages you and it help you make Jesus famous in your everyday life. We would love to be, stay connected with you. So subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts spotify our youtube channel download our faith plus app and visit us at fccga.com to learn more about our ministry if you would like to support our ministry financially you can also do so by our website at fccga.com or by texting fccga to 73256 if you would like to submit a prayer request you can do so at our website as well we would love to agree with you in faith and we know you'll receive an answer according to the word of god Once again, thank you for streaming this message. And remember, God has a great plan for your life and something good is going to happen to you today. So expect miracles. God bless.